You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's preacher is Pastor Brian Flammy. Jesus said, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? Rise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, amen. Today, dear saints, the Holy Spirit is creating creating and cultivating with you in you a thankful heart, a heart that gives thanks to God alone for every blessing of body and soul. Now, you may, at this point, look at your life and think that, you know what, I don't have much to be thankful for, but I'm telling you right now, from the pulpit that God has placed me into, that you are wrong. But pastor, you might say, if only you knew what I was going through. If only you saw the things that I had to suffer, you know that I have every right to be bitter and to be angry. And I'm telling you again, no, you don't. The heathens show themselves to be without faith precisely because they feel entitled to perpetual anger. But that is not who you are. You are baptized. You hear the word of God. You know God's mercy. And so put away your hearts of flesh that are dead and thankless. The Holy Spirit has given you a new heart, filled with the desires of the Spirit, filled with the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And from this Spirit and according to these fruits, you must fall at Jesus' feet, And say to him, I give thanks to you, dear Lord, because it is by your mercy that I am saved in my soul and in my body. This, dear saints, is the art of Christian thanksgiving. And we see the the great and the wonderful example of it, of the Samaritan, the foreigner, who alone came to Jesus and fell at Jesus' feet and worshipped him. The world knows nothing of this kind of thanksgiving. But like the Samaritan, you know Jesus. And through faith in him alone, you obtain both a grateful heart, a thankful heart, and you begin to learn the words with which you should give thanks to God. Now, when you give thanks to somebody, it's always for a reason. I I imagine it would be weird to say thank you for no reason at all. Like, you know, you bump into somebody on the street and the person looks at you and says, thank you. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Or Or imagine that you happen to bend in the fender of the person in front of you and he gets out of his car and he looks at you and he says, thank you. Once again, that's just wrong. It doesn't work that way. Now, when in this world we've been taught to give thanks when somebody acts kindly towards us, you know, uh, and so, you remember this, when you were married, uh, and you get all, all kinds of gifts from all your friends and your family, you spend the first few weeks of marital bliss going to Hallmark and buying package after package of thank you notes so you can fill them out and send them out, you know, to show that you are grateful for all of these wonderful things that you, do, that you receive, like cutlery and microwaves and stuff like that. But now think about the kinds of things 
that the lepers had to give thanks for. Now, I'm afraid it wasn't much. You see, their bodies were falling apart from rot. And their souls were afflicted with the fact that they had to suffer. Now, I've mentioned this before, probably this same sermon last year, but I'll mention it again, that when the body suffers, the soul also suffers. It is attacked. And so also, when your soul is troubled, it pains your body also. And you know how this goes. Uh, you stub your toe, and suddenly the devil lets, it tells you that it's okay to break the second commandment, right? Uh, or maybe it's worse. You get a diagnosis that you weren't expecting, and the doctors find something that's out of place, and then they can't even figure out what's going on with that. And then the, des- the devil whispers to you that, that God's kindness and his mercy are nothing but fictions, and, and suddenly your soul is afflicted with the temptation to unbelief. And so on the other hand, you know what it means to have a tormented conscience. Because you know that you have failed to love God and your neighbor as yourself. And do you know how this goes? Because you're so sick to your stomach, or you're so troubled in your conscience that you become sick to your stomach, you stop eating, you know, you don't want to eat, or perhaps you eat too much. What feels like a pain in your heart often turns into a real ulcer in your stomach. It's real anxiety. It's real pain. And if nothing else, you should know this. That sin in your life infects the whole person. Not just your soul, but your soul and your body. We learn from the lepers that there is a time to pray and a time to give thanks. And for them, they knew that this was their time for prayer. But I want you to notice one thing about all ten of the lepers, and that is that the devil's temptation to take your sufferings in this life as the definitive word as to whether or not God loves you, the devil's temptations the lepers were totally ignoring. Why? Because they were pleading to Jesus for mercy, which means that they had hope. They didn't crawl into a corner to suffer and die, to curse and rage against God. Instead, they heard the news about Jesus, and they believed. They trusted that this man had power and authority to cleanse sinners from their corruption to make the crippled whole, to raise the dead, and even to forgive men their sins. And so seeing the Lord from a distance, they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus told them to show themselves to the priests in accordance with uh, the law of Moses, that is the 14th chapter of Leviticus, it was as if he was telling them, you are already clean. As you have believed, so it has been done for you. And Jesus indeed kept that word. The scriptures say, as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus. He is the basis, the foundation, and the reason for Christian thanksgiving. In the world, somebody gives you a gift or makes a kind gesture and you say thanks. But here in Christ's church, without any merit or worthiness on your part, God gives you the gift to surpass all gifts. He forgives you your sins. 
He rescues you from death and the devil. He gives you the hope of eternal life. Your soul's corruption will not lead to eternal death, nor will your body's corruption end you in the dust. You have a new spirit that trusts in Jesus' promises, that believes that God is your Father, and that through these promises you have the hope of incorruption through the resurrection of your bodies. You know this mercy. That in Christ your prayers are not in vain, but they rise before the throne of God And he is pleased to hear what you have to say, and he wants to answer you, and he wants to deliver you from every evil that you could possibly imagine that attacks your body and your soul. You know the long nights that you have spent in prayer, crying out to God for pity and for mercy in your deepest hour of need, and how your Lord has answered you. You know it. There are plenty of examples in each and every one of your lives. I don't have to think of one. You know about them. The question, is, the question now becomes for us, how do we respond knowing this great mercy and how God so often answers us? And sadly, it's the, way that we answer, the way that we answer God's mercy is with cold and thankless hearts. We act as if nothing had happened. And so often, when our prayers have been answered, life goes on, and then God's mercy is quickly forgotten. The mercy is so forgotten that by the time the next cross comes into our lives, we imagine that that God has never, ever been able to get us out of trouble before. Or that's at least the, the lie that the devil tells us. He says, why bother praying? What has prayer ever accomplished? In that moment, the devil sets anything before your mind except Christ and his promises and the comfort that you have in your baptism. This is the sin that I want to especially warn you folks against this morning. That we would be warned to not be like the nine lepers who had gained so much from God's gracious hand. But they lost so much as soon as they made that decision not to go back to Jesus but to remain with the priests. It seems really crazy, right? That they would go and set themselves before the priests and the priests would declare them ritualistically clean and receive them back into the fellowship of the people of Israel. And yet they would completely forget about Jesus. It doesn't make sense. But that's the madness of the devil's lies. Dear saints, God's kindness in this, your life, Though the devil is always questioning it, that is actually not the fact that needs to be disputed. Because you know that your God is lavish in his kindness and giving you your daily bread and even giving daily bread to all righteous persons and even evil persons alike. He's even given in this world the gospel free course to be preached in every land and in every tongue so that sinners would be baptized, that they would become his precious children. But then so often, nine out of ten don't even care. They spurn the God who gives gifts, and they act as if nothing but afflictions in this life are all that they have. 
Now, what would you expect from a God who saves you from sin and death if you were to despise the gifts that this God is giving? I don't know about you, but that would make me afraid. That God would respond in anger. That he would that he would visit his wrath upon such ungrateful sinners. But the most amazing part, I think, <laughs> about the gospel lesson this morning, isn't that Jesus says, after the Samaritan comes back, hey, let's go find the other nine. We'll teach them. Instead, he lets, he lets his kindness stand. You see, the leprosy didn't return. When Jesus visited all ten of the lepers with kindness, he lets his kindness stay. Just as God today patiently continues to bless, even when his mercy is so often rejected and forgotten. And for that, we should especially give thanks to God. Because each and every one of us would have long since been destroyed if God did not give out his, patience, give out his kindness and his mercy with patience and long-suffering. Because God is patient, we've learned to pray with David. But you, O Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. As God the Father has continued to forgive us every single day of our lives because of our coldness of heart, so we should learn, so we should learn as Christians to set our, marts, our hearts to mercy for the sake of our neighbor. Now, what I mean by that is that there's an expectation in the world that when you're kind to somebody, and they don't say thank you. You say, well, forget that guy. See if I ever do anything for him again. Right? That's the expectation. No one would say you were wrong for doing that. But in Christ, we find another way. That because every single day we fall into sin, and yet we pray, forgive us our trespasses, and we receive full forgiveness. And we are repented every day according to God's kindness and mercy. So we too, when our neighbor sins against us by not saying thank you or not being grateful for the good things that we do for them, uh, we don't harden our hearts against our neighbor for that reason. Instead, we continue to be kind to them. Because that is the way that we have learned in Christ. If they don't say thank you, we continue to love them. Now, parents are especially put in an advantageous position for this lesson. <laughs> and I pray that we all learn to love as Christ loves us in this way. Now, according to the weakness of our flesh, our flesh that is corrupted with sin and death, this kind of, ki this kind of mercy is totally impossible. But like I said before, you have a new heart filled with the fruits of the Spirit, which is to say that you have a faith that trusts in God who became flesh to suffer, die, and rise for you and your salvation. And this faith is a gift from God. Jesus says to you, as he, says, as he said to the Samaritan, your faith has saved you. I don't know why, by the way, um, in the English translations, it always says your faith has made you whole. 
Because what Jesus has to say is for the Samaritan and the Samaritan alone who return to him. You see, the, all, all ten of the lepers were healed, right, and made well. But it was the Samaritan alone who had salvation. Because it was the Samaritan alone at the end of the day who had faith in Jesus alone. Not in Jesus plus works or Jesus plus Levitical priests, but Jesus alone. Jesus says, I have done it all to save you. I have even given you my Holy Spirit to convert your hearts to trust in me. The fact that you trust in my kindness alone and give thanks to me alone, this has saved you. And we give Jesus thanks. Now, the theme for this sermon is certainly that we give thanks to Jesus for all the great things that we have received from him. But that is not to say that in this life we don't have afflictions and pain and cross. That there's never a time to complain. There's never a time to cry out to God in our time of need. Dear saints, the Christian life is defined actually by both. That as we have been afflicted in this life, we pray to God. We don't keep our afflictions to ourselves. Instead, we lift them to our Heavenly Father because we know that He is kind to us for Christ's sake. And because we lift our prayers to our Heavenly Father and because we know the kindness of of our Father through Christ, we also give thanks. Because we know that our souls have been saved and that even our bodies have been saved. How do we exercise ourselves in this this great Christian virtue of both praying and, and giving thanks? It happens here in the divine service, dear saints. In a few moments, you will be petitioning God to be merciful to you and to all of the people in this congregation and around the world. And in a few moments after that, you will, like the Samaritan, fall down at your knees at the altar of Christ to give thanks for all of the mercy that he has poured upon you, for his body and blood, given and shed for your forgiveness, life, and salvation. This is the true art of Christian thanksgiving. And may the Lord grant us daily to exercise ourselves into hearing and believing his word in faith. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.